Welcome to Spotlight on SOMERS. I'm Amanda Bergen, the district's communications coordinator. You may have heard that on May 21st, when you go to vote for the proposed 2019-2020 school budget, you'll also be voting on a safety and security proposition. Here to discuss that proposition is Dr. Raymond Blanche, superintendent of schools, and John LaPlaca, who is the CEO of Alteris Group, which is the security consulting firm that helps the district out in analyzing safety and security measures and finding out what we can do better and what we're already doing well. So thanks for being here. Dr. Blanche, do you want to talk a little bit about the history of this bond, where it came from? Yes, certainly. Uh, One of the things we had started working with John's team last year when we brought them uh, into the district to help us um, understand better how we're doing in the schools from a, a really much more sophisticated, complex security lens. Thinking about um, our procedures as far as safety and security, trainings for our staff, trainings for our support staff, trainings for just making sure that we're going through the appropriate New York State expectations as far as lockdown drills, so all of those elements. And then we wanted to go ahead and add some increasing uh, safety and security elements for our schools. So to look at that, frankly, as we know across our nation last year, there were Um, One is too many, but there were many school shootings last year. So that certainly raised the concern of parents like myself of of four children, one still at the high school right now in Somers, and then also from our local community, national community, and looking at what can we do to make sure our our young children are protected and safe. So, John, I just want to ask how you did the initial assessment. How did the schools look? So I think the first thing to point out is that safety and security assessments are not an easy thing for a district to engage in because often it's looked at as a white glove approach and what are all the things that we're doing wrong and really what it should be looked at and the way Somers looked at it was a very positive process because we reinforce as many things that the school district is doing correctly or may have taken the proactive steps in doing as we do as we identify those improvement opportunities. So when we first looked at the district, we identified several improvement opportunities that could be Uh, looked at, which we did through the uh, composition of a task force, which was a fantastic process, bringing together employees of the district as well as outside stakeholders to be involved in the process, um, as well as to identify those areas that the district had already taken steps in doing. So some of the low-hanging fruit as far as the policies, the procedures, and even some technology and infrastructure items were already in place. So reinforcing those and understanding that, are we doing the right thing not only here in Somers, but is this the nationally recognized best practice as well as what our neighboring districts are doing? That's something that we can bring to the table and work very well with with the district. So there were some some things that were put into place immediately, like having the school resource officers at each of the four school buildings. And what else did, did we do? So one of the, that was a really important piece. And with that part, we were also able to work with the Westchester uh, County team to have each one of those officers had a full squad car. Initially, there was a conversation about having a squad car per campus where we get one for each one of those, so that was critical. And then when John and the team came on very quickly, we were able to bring in things as, as simple as having uh, our uh, adults that are outside monitoring wear highly uh, identifiable vest. Mm-hmm. As a parent dropping off and I see my child's on plane, I like to know that there's a an adult that's supposed to be out there watching, so very identifiable. Another key piece that John and the team identified is walkie-talkies, communication. And so we have had walkie-talkies communicating from the outside to the inside of the building, but typically, if the three of us were outside doing that, one of us would have a radio. It was very clear if I'm on one side and the other side and the other side of the field, we don't want to run back and forth to hand the walkie-talkies off. So we've got everybody with a communication device outside there. So things like that were very helpful. 
And then as we uh, went, and as John mentioned, the summertime, we spent a number of meetings, five to six meetings with that task force. Out of that task force were really some larger kind of more systematic, higher-level structure um, suggestions that we would look at. So John and the team brought forward some considerations for the group to look at. Some higher ticket items. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, John has had the experience in his team about putting in some of those in multiple different uh, districts around uh, the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. And so I know, John, when we went through that, uh, we had uh, the staff uh, or the committee members look at things like um, safety security film on glass windows. So it's not just easily broken by like a, maybe a baseball bat or something. It may shatter but it will stay intact, almost like your front windshield on a car if you get an accident there. Mm-hmm. So it, the intent is there to slow up and deter so allow the rest of the system to go ahead to a lockdown. And piece. that safety film would be on which windows and doors? Yeah, so John's got some detail on that one. So yeah. it, basically any door that would benefit from being intruder-proof, which is most of the doors and, and windows when you look at a district, but we look at things both on the interior, so far on a classroom window. We know that each classroom window has to have the ability to be observed, so administration can observe a classroom in session. Um, so we look at those types of windows. We look at exterior windows. Uh, we look at uh, classroom windows on the exterior of the building. So, but unfortunately, the costs associated with safety and security film on every school window in every uh, school in the district, it becomes unreasonable to do it all. So we, we look at things as where we're going to get the best return on investment. And that's true of all the improvement opportunities. You obviously can't do everything at once. So you do have to have a systematic approach. And one of the big pieces with the assistance of our firm along with the, the task force was to go through the process of prioritizing things where the district's going to get the best return on investment, whether it's money or time, and get those things in play as quickly as possible, but also have a long-range plan to look at things that might be six months, a year out, or even multiple years out. And the task force did a tremendous job with that. Often what you see is that people in the community will come back with ideas that they feel as though are the best way to secure a school. And then when you start to break those down a little bit, you realize that, well, they're easily defeatable and maybe that's not the best idea. And this I is think magnetometers were an example of that. Yes. I think it, it sounded great to yes. some people, but exactly. when the safety task force analyzed and looked at some of the research, it didn't make sense. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and we see this typically, just about every district we go to, the same types of suggestions that are all in, in good faith as far as, well, this is what I think it should be. And then when you start to break it down, you realize that it has nothing to do with cost. It has to do with the fact of they're easily defeated. And, and so we don't want to put investments into those types of things that are not really going to have the benefit we want them to have. So what's another big ticket item that's yes, included the, in the bond? Yes, one of the things that, uh, again, as these large ticket items, they're kind of being scaffolded up. And so one of the areas that we're ready to hopefully have complete by the end of this year is a new communication system across all schools, so our voice over IP telephone system. Mm -hmm. So what that means is a current reality today, there isn't a classroom phone in every classroom. And so moving forward, we will have a a desktop phone for every classroom. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is now with that system in place, then we can bring on board of that better communication that can the teacher can pick that phone up communicate to the other building, across all across the district with an internal dial. Also on top of that or working within that network is the ability to um, bring in um, class down to the classroom level, kind of locking doors that are all, all managed from a centralized kind of brain network. Um, I've got my card here that currently sits here today. So this is, again, a swipe card access mm-hmm. that you can get in. We have a handful of these, like main entry doors and things. The idea is that you would have a, a car like that as every employee and it will be predetermined of what card uh, readers you can get access to or not. 
And then also, if for whatever reason I lose this, instantaneously it's wiped, it's clear of all its data, and I don't have to worry about it. I just lost the master key to hundreds right. of door locks in the schools. Mm-hmm. So that system also will allow us to say, if I need to identify a code that maybe I punch into those phones, that person, the individual can lock down all, all those classroom doors. So the swipe access is tied into the VoIP phone system? Right on top of that same networking piece. Okay. So that investment there, a number of years ago, the state passed what was identified as the Smart Schools Bond Act. I think we were the first or maybe the second in the state to go ahead and get access to those funds. So the, one of the key pieces we know, we wanted to upgrade our, our network, and that's what we did here. Okay. Fortunately, we did, because then we were able to go ahead and start laying the system on top of that. So that idea about access, key card access down to the classroom level, it removes, I think, the human error. And I've heard you say that a few times before, John. It just removes that because it's locked. Well, in in a critical situation, you run the the challenge of trying to do many things at once. And and typically you get to none of them because you're trying to deal with whatever that critical incident is. So communications, locking doors, uh, getting the word out to the the remainder of the, the school or even the neighboring schools becomes a challenge. One of the things that has been really, really beneficial of the process when we're talking about technology is the integration of all the systems together. When you, any, anytime you're going to put in technology, you want it to be scalable. So we look at the VoIP phones, the voice over IP phones, having communications. That has to now talk to the door locks. That has to talk to the PA system. Uh, that has the ability now to initiate a lockdown from any place in the building or just you know, make an emergency communication that someone needs help in a room. It doesn't necessarily have to be a lockdown situation. But from the, the, as Dr. Blanche said, from the press of a button on a phone, now that can speak to door locks, which removes the human factor of a person who loses fine motor coordination under stress to take their key, walk into a hallway, put it into the lock, lock the door, and then secure themselves on there. It's done automatically, and it gives the district also a very granular level of control as far as access to who can get into a room, when can they get in a room, and who might have been in a room at any given time. So it'll be a tremendous you know, upgrade from a technology standpoint. What's, what's something else that we're looking at for part, as part of the pro- proposition? One of the other things is always um, hopefully having good um, eyesight, I guess, with inside a building. And so you're looking at a, a fairly large increase of our uh, closed caption TVs or, or video cameras. And so you'll see a larger increase at the high school with just the size and the scope of that building and middle school and the elementaries. One key piece that we don't really have really now is the idea about having every external door outside of each one of those campuses having a camera on them. And also with that camera is a monitoring system, as John had said. So right now I may be a classroom teacher and I'm, I'm bringing in supplies for my day and I, I think I closed that door, but I thought I closed it at the last minute. The wind kind of took it. I didn't know. It's really by accident. And that door could be open for 10 minutes or could be open for longer than that. Well, now the idea would be that would alarm up to a centralized kind of spot that would be a say, okay, here this is and that alarm's going off. So if it's open for longer than 30 seconds, an alarm would yes. go off somewhere. It yeah. can be that it's opened yeah. at all. So yes. if there are mm-hmm. some doors we never want to see yep. open unless it's an evacuation. Mm-hmm. Some doors, if it's open for more than a certain period of time, the assumption is the door's been propped or it simply didn't close effectively. Mm-hmm. And with, in some cases, dozens if not over 100 doors in the size of some school yeah. buildings, it's almost impossible to have that kind of uh, level of, of understanding as to what the status of those doors are. And for all we do to, to secure the buildings during the school day, as far as visitor management, locking doors, it only takes one door that might simply not close effectively to now make the building potentially vulnerable. So that's why it's so important to have that 
both the alert as also the ability to take a look from a bird's eye view to see mm -hmm. what's the condition at that particular location. So that, that's a huge part mm -hmm. that I, I absolutely will help us. Again, another area is in the SAS campus, we have a handful of classrooms. As it, the school was originally designed as an open classroom concept, so there wasn't a lot of walls to begin with. So there's been some building of that, but now there's a good five or six classrooms that basically have a bookshelf there, kind of as your fourth wall. So the intent is to go back in and, and go ahead and build that wall adjust the HVAC so that uh, so is each, in condition. So each classroom will have a lock four walls those. and a yes. door. Yeah. <laughs> and there's still a handful of those over at SAS, so we yep. want to go ahead and take care of that so every one of mm -hmm. those classrooms can be locked down and ready to go. Um, and then one other piece as well, too. More, really, I would say from a uh, safety component where we're looking at a, a pretty big roofing project this summer across our district. There is another component, though, of the middle school uh, roof that is into its 20th year and clearly needs to be replaced. So from just that, so we don't get water leakage and any potential slip or anything like that. So that's part of that safety perspective of, of that bond. So those roofs will be all buttoned up. And then this area, when you're thinking about one area in, in state security, and, and you know, John coming into schools and working with us so much, we are an educational institution. We are here to making sure it's a caring, loving, welcoming environment and safe. So the balance point I think we're arriving here is a good one. Our children really um, should be walking through our schools not seeing a, a marketed difference, but from a security safety standpoint, it is. Mm -hmm. And so for you know, that classroom door, it, only certain folks can access that through a swipe card access. The quick communications there is just a huge increase for us. Mm -hmm. And not just within a building, but across, you know, just across and maybe SAS in the middle school or all the way across the district. And then I also like the ability for us to empower our staff. We have really wonderful staff who are caring or watching for the safety and wellness of our kids. So now as a staff member, if for whatever reason, it may be, again, not the horrible thing we're thinking about where a school is having you know, an act of violence trying to be committed there, but maybe I'm a teacher and a student has an epileptic seizure in my classroom, which unfortunately does happen. Well, I have to send a message to the office. The office gets the message to the rest of the building. Then it, that takes time. And if it's about 30 seconds before and we're about to release 1,100 kids in high school, not good. But if I can go ahead and quickly put in a code into my phone, I can automatically send the message out, please go to a hold in place. Mm -hmm. You are empowering that staff member to mm -hmm. do that. And, and that just really helps protect the wellness of that child as, as well as the privacy piece of that child. The, the child's going through you know, a pretty difficult time and so let's have you know, that child's needs be met and then everybody else just hold in place for a while. Right. So those are things we don't often think about. I think I understand we often think about really with the worst case scenario. This solution yet, though, can provide us so many other different opportunities for better communication. So, yeah. so I'm sure that people want to know how much it's going to cost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and I think that's a good point, too, because the, the, the committee did, the task force did look at a, a pretty long experience of things. Mm -hmm. And again, asked them to not necessarily think about where do we pull out right now, but just think what's the best for the, for the school and the children. And so in that list, they brought forth that list earlier in the fall to our Board of Education, Board started going through those pieces, had, had the Alteris team and the ar uh, architect come on board, engineer come on board, again, asked some questions. One of the key pieces, the project initially was a little bit probably over about $13 million, $13.5 million. A, a really pretty heavy component of there was the possibility of providing generator power in each of our four schools. Right now, we have a generator at the high school mm -hmm. and we have a generator at the middle school. Not a full generator that can run the whole building, yet it runs the main systems in there. So if, you're, if you're, you're needing to use the restroom and you're needing to go ahead and look at and think about uh, serving food and keeping things cool, you can do that, keep communications up. Then, oh, what would that look like if we went and added a full generator SIS and a generator Primrose? 
So when those dollars came back, those dollars were you know almost three million dollars to do those. Mm-hmm. One large piece was SAS, as we know, it's a full electric building. Yeah. It was back in the seventies built to run that kind of power, get those kind of kilowatts out of there. You're, you're talking about a, a generator the size of a nice tractor trailer, mm-hmm. and that's going to cost with that too. So those were pulled out. So that brought that number down to roughly ten point seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, what the district has been working on and building towards is our capital reserve fund. So in that capital reserve fund, we have just short of $3.2 million in that fund to go ahead and support this project. So again, thank the community for allowing us a number of years ago to set up a savings account. And we've been putting dollars in there all along the way. And now, hopefully the support of the community, we can access those saving dollars and then to finish that with a bond. But again, without the foresight of the community and their support a number of years ago to establish this, we'd be looking at 100% of this through bond versus roughly you know, two-thirds of it. So again, I want to thank the community for coming out for the vote in May for the general budget as well as the bond budget. So um, I, again, certainly get a clear sense that our children's educational as their wellness uh, needs are, are certainly foremost in our community's thinking. So thanks, Amanda. All right, and a reminder that the vote is on May 21st at Somers Middle School, and you'll be voting on both the school budget for next year and on the proposition for the safety and security enhancements. Thanks for joining us here on Spotlight on Somers. We'll see you next time.